to Women's Health Weekly from Maiden Lane Medical. We bring you experts from all around the country to help you with your health, life, and happiness. Now for your host, Dr. Kenneth Levy. Happy Friday, everybody. Uh, we're here for another edition of Women's Health Weekly. We have an incredibly exciting agenda today, a fantastic guest, and we're really excited to introduce Dr. Simran Rattan, uh, who is an MD specializing in family medicine, but her real specialty, what she really spends her time doing, is wellness, spirituality, integrative medicine, coaching, and can't we use all of that right now? So I can and I'm hoping all of you can. And we have some fantastic topics to talk about today. So Dr. Rattan trained with um, somebody who you may or may not know if you're involved at all in integrative medicine and wellness and spirituality. Uh, you may know this name, uh, a man named Dr. Andrew Weil, who is well thought of around the world as the, I want, I used the term godfather earlier, maybe because he's not Italian, that's not the right word, um, we can, or the grandfather, but he is actually older, and that may be, in, so I'm trying to find the right PC term, he's the founder of integrative yeah, medicine, really the, the, the person who's taught everybody else around the world about the value of integrative medicine. Um, and he's an MD. And I, so far as I know, he's, Harvard, he's a Harvard-trained MD um, mm -hmm. who, who is well-known to be very smart. He's written a ton of legitimate, well-done research papers. He's brought the world of Western science and good science into understanding, into creating our understanding as a medical profession and as a profession of people who take care of patients using integrative approaches. He's brought that science into our understanding and that's what we're going to talk about today so let's jump right into it dr Atan, because again this topic is exciting we've got lots of viewers coming on and i know they're going to be answering asking lots of really interesting questions to talk about mm -hmm. uh to give us some great topics to talk about that that are on the minds of our youtube audience uh so let's start so just share with me because we've used the term now spirituality yeah uh, so I'm a layperson, although I'm a doctor. Um, yeah. You know worlds more about this than I do. So the first thing that comes to my mind, and I imagine this is the first thing that comes to the mind of other people as well, is you say spirituality, I think religion. Right. Tell me, right. Why, the... tell, tell me why I'm wrong. Well, I'm, you know, not wrong. well I, I'm not sure if you're completely wrong. I wouldn't say wrong, but definitely that spirituality is not just religion. Um, it's basically about what you want in your life that gives you meaning that gives you purpose what brings you joy um, and i think what happens is is that when we hear the word spirituality we immediately associate it with religion for some it might be that religion is part of their spirituality and they consider themselves spiritual because they have a religion but some people find themselves you know spiritual because they're connecting to something or they have the needs to have relationships that are meaningful or have a quality of life um, that uh, that allows them to 
have more purpose and meaning in their life. And now everyone is seeking for meaning and purpose and everyone's looking to self-discover themselves. So, you know, I think when we think of spirituality, we automatically, like you said, associate it with religion, but there's more to it. And so a lot of times when I'm talking to my health partners, which is what we would call patients, um, when I talk to them, they basically, you know, we talk about, when I say spirituality, they might be like, oh, I'm not spiritual at all, right? Because they think it's religion. But when I go into it a little bit further, I say, hey, but what brings you joy in this world? And then they'll start talking and then they'll say, you know, I really love being around nature or I really like being connected. There's something about the woods or whatever it might be. And I said, well, well, what is it about it? She, they're like, I feel this connectedness. And I'm like, oh, so the need of your spirit is to feel connected to something. And they're like, yeah. And I go, I guess I am spiritual. So it's like almost like a different mindset that we think of. We think that it's a has to be, you know, okay, I have a particular practice that I do. And that may be the case for some people. Maybe it is a meditation practice. Maybe it's a yoga practice. Maybe it's something that gives them joy or brings meaning in their life. But everyone is seeking meaning and purpose in their life. And that's what spirituality is, is what gives me meaning? What gives me purpose? What kind of connections do I have? What relationships and how they play out or be expressed in our daily lives? So... Are people who generally don't consider, I'm going to bring this topic up one more time and then I'm going to let it go. So people who don't yeah. generally consider themselves to be religious, they don't go to a religious service on a regular basis, they don't regularly talk to um, some sort of religious leader, uh, whatever that religion may be. Um, people who are in that group of um, persons they can still have a level of spirituality that's at a very high level um, because yeah. they're connected to the things that give them meaning, give their lives meaning, give them give them joy. Is that am I missing am I missing the the no that's exactly it. Like no, that's basically it. It's, and I think that's where um, we, we kind of shy away from it. And I think there's also a bit of like, we talked about this Western, and that might be integrated, I think Western world versus Eastern world in a lot of ways. And, and in the Western society, we tend to feel like spirituality is private. But in most other places in the world, spirituality is actually the opposite. It's pretty open, right? Um, and, that, and so we engage in things. We think that it is relationships between us and other people, looking for meaningful relationships, looking for um, connection, looking for things that bring us joy, basically anything that uplifts your spirit. So a good question to ask is like, ask yourself is, you know, what what uplifts my spirit today? Or, you know, how are my spirits today? Are they high? Are they low? You know, you, we say that in a figure of speech. So, so it's almost like, that's similar to what we're saying. What are the needs of our deeper spirit? And so, you know, it gets into this whole like, well, the people who don't have a uplifted spirit, they are in something that's called spiritual distress. And that's a different topic. But that's pretty much, um, you know, understanding that giving what gives you meaning in your life, what brings purpose, what's joy and how that is connected in your relationships. Maybe it is something sacred. Maybe it does include religion, but maybe it's just you trying to be connected to the things that you love. Oh, I want to talk about spiritual distress. Um, and maybe I need like a personal coaching session from you, but I definitely want to talk <laughs> about spiritual distress. But you made me okay. think of something when you were just talking. You made me think of somebody's sort of daily experience with their spirituality and what they're connected to. And I yeah. almost think when you say that, uh, because this will, this will, what I'm about to say will, will lead into our next topic. It almost makes me think about the opportunity for someone to keep track, to keep a diary. Mm -hmm. Um, to keep a log of yeah. what they felt connected to on that day, what made them, what lifted their spirits, what made them happy. Yeah. I think maybe I shouldn't use the term spirits. Um, what lifted them up mm -hmm. emotionally or what made them mm -hmm. feel 
anxious, sad, depressed, or stressed. Um, is yeah. that a, a strategy that you use with people who to whom you're coaching or taking care of as health partners? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, one of the things I say is, you know, right now, especially with all the, you know, pandemic and everything going on, what I say is, you know, we may not be able to think right now, what is the meaning of our whole life? What brings us purpose in our whole life right now? But what we can do is on a daily basis, I say at the beginning of your day, you know, you can either ask, what is your meaning for today going to be? Or what is your purpose? And if you haven't found that, then look at the end of the day and go, hold on, let me look back and see what gave me purpose and meaning. And here's an example, you know, um, you're, you're, you know, you're hanging out at home and and maybe you are baking something and you felt very creative well creativity is part of your spirituality because now you're 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 kind of um nourishing nourishing that that need to be creative and so i tell people just look back and see on your day what gave you purpose well i actually had a purpose today. i felt uplifted by doing this this and this and that really nourished my my well-being and who i am and the core of who i am because i need the, i have a need to be creative that makes sense but when we're talking about spiritual distress we're almost talking about a disease state um if you could think of it like that if you could think of a high level of spirituality as wellness then yeah. or a wellness state then a low level of spirituality other or otherwise what you're terming spiritual distress could potentially mean a disease state and if we're thinking about it in those terms i need to lay a foundation and i'd like to do that now so when we talk about spiritual distress, we're not really saying it's a, like they're um, a lower level of spirituality. What we're saying is that they're having conflict within, maybe with something of their beliefs or their values and things that are impeding on their belief. Um, for example, if uh, and you're right, like if someone it has a disease state, they might be in spiritual distress. But I'm in prevention medicine, so I'm also looking at spiritual distress in the preventive side, which is honestly not really... As, um, as I guess noticeable because they're pretty much all healthy and you know do trying to stay prevented to be uh, healthy they're trying to stay healthy but then you look at the palliative side where they are you're right in a disease state and then they're like okay I want to get this but there is this d different degrees I'm noticing of spiritual distress there's really bad dis spiritual distress and then there's maybe a crisis you could call it a crisis a spiritual crisis in the beginning stages of prevention that makes sense for you but like but there is a variety and it doesn't necessarily mean that spiritual distress is all um, has to be this really big thing because people um if they're completely healthy can also um feel that distress i absolutely want to hear more about that because that's actually a pretty fascinating topic but what i really yeah. want to talk about now is what about what we're describing as spirituality mm -hmm. leads to wellness or leads to less disease or leads yeah. to longevity. I know you're going to spend a couple minutes talking about this, so I'm kind of yeah. laying out the question. <laughs> it's like a compound question yeah. for you. What about at least yeah. wellness, less disease, potentially longer longevity? And yeah. I, I know that everything you're about to say has good clinical, real research evidence to support it. Because I, because before we had this conversation, I did my own research and looked at it. So I'm really excited to hear what you have yeah. to say about it. So yeah, tell me how well, well you know tell me how spirituality makes wellness, makes people feel better, and and makes people less sick and live longer well, well yeah think think of it this way like if you know if you're not really have any clarity on what your beliefs are or what you value and if you're not nourishing those needs you're going to feel um very distressed because there's been there's been evidence that shows that when we uh, there's been actually a 1200 reviewed study by the way that showed those people who engage it's in regularly spiritual sorry that's a big body of literature 1200 pages. yeah i know it's 
1,200 reviewed studies, um, and, and you know, and Coeneg, which is one of the um, in 2011, did basically show that people who engage regularly in spiritual path has an increase in quality of life, have uh, become more resilient, and this is the biggest thing I think is huge: is they live seven to thirteen years longer than those who do not and have less incidence of diseases. Now that's a huge number: seven to thirteen years longer just by engaging in things that are vital and sacred and important to you that give you meaning and purpose. I mean, no pill does that, right? And they end up having no. to cope better as well when they do get diseases. So it's 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 amazing that you've built this this. Um pathway for moving through life in a healthy way because this is what i'm getting from what you're saying and this what's the mm -hmm. vision that's going through my mind is you've, you're kind of building this pathway for moving through life in a healthy way that has guardrails on it and that pathway yeah. is generally bound by your spirituality right right and that's, um, a, your, pathway, your core and that's a pathway to wellness and core beliefs all right, so we yeah. are here with, uh, this is Women's Health Weekly. We are here with, uh, for those of you just joining us, we're here with Dr. Sumran Rattan, who is an expert in uh, spirituality and wellness and medicine and, and integrative medicine and is a uh, wellness and spirituality coach. She is in Toronto, Ontario. Her background training is in family medicine. And uh, she has uh, expert training with Dr. Andrew Weil, who is the, uh, and I'll, just, I'll say it gently now, the father of, uh, integrative <laughs> medicine. So that's that's fantastic. So let's let's jump into some specifics now. Um, yeah, okay. Because I think that the that the YouTube viewers uh, that we've uh, engaged with this week that we'll engage with this week and that we'll engage with in the future and that we've engaged with before really want to hear practical information, yeah. um, tips, and ways for them to get an understanding of how they can change. Uh, their lives, how they can mm -hmm. improve their lives, how they could, even as a third topic, which we can get to, how they could potentially interact better with their, I love that term, healthcare partners, to, to yeah. describe <laughs> doctors and other clinicians, because we really yeah. want to see ourselves as healthcare partners. We don't want to see ourselves as healthcare um, uh, tellers, you do. We say yeah. you do that. It doesn't really work very well. That's not yeah. a that's not a relationship. The relationship yeah. is um, I help you figure out. You tell you give me information. I help you figure out what that information means, and then we talk about solutions to improve whatever is going on, um, or yeah. prevent or prevent badness in the future. All right. So let's jump into some practical some practical tips about how to. How does one develop their that level of spirituality? How does one even figure out what their spirituality is, and how does one, then one apply it to their wellness? Well, you know, I think I think it's first trying to explore like what gives them meaning in life, and so what you know you can do is ask yourself some questions like you know what does it mean for me to have hope or have faith? You know, um, how can I implement that to uplift myself when I am feeling down, right? Uh, and you know, what can I do for um, for my heart's peace. What can I do to gain my heart's peace? Because sometimes I feel restless. And so some of the things like, or, and some of those things can help you to kind of start developing that. And those are, I know they're big questions, but if you actually take, literally get a piece of paper, and I'm always big on getting a piece of paper, get a journal, write it down. Because when you write it down, you're being intentional and it's going to be very clear for you on what you've written down. And sometimes you see it back on paper and you're like, oh, um, 
this is what gives me meaning. This is what matters to me. And then, you know, um, looking at what is it that I love to do? What do I love to be? These are some of the coaching like questions that I learned just being a coach with the Andrew Well program is like those questions and building that spiritual wellness vision is really important. And, you know, asking yourself, what is the most important thing to me in my life? What is the type of legacy I want to leave? You know, um, what is it that I really enjoy doing, but I can't do right now? And how is that impeding on my well-being? Right. So I know I threw out a lot of questions there, but those are some of the ways to start thinking about what your spirituality is. Now, if you have a practice like meditation or yoga, now what I tell you to do is do these questions first, because what happens when we pick a mind body therapy, it's only going to stick with you and it's only going to work if it's in line with your beliefs and values. Because if we don't, if we don't know what we really truly love or like to do, if we really don't understand what our spiritual values is, then we're going to pick a mind-body therapy that may not work. So, for example, if um, if you're someone who believes in a religion or a god, and you pick a mind-body modality that's just breath work, it may work for you, and your body and your mind might feel good, but it still may not satisfy that deeper belief and value for you. Or vice versa, if you pick a um, you know, thing that's all about, you know, spiritual, um, uh, uh, religious type of things, and you're not actually um, at all believing in that, then you're not going to get the benefits because everything has to align with what's important to you, what's meaningful to you. But if you don't know that, then it's going to be hard for you to seek that as well. That's super interesting. And I think something you said in there needs to be fleshed out a little bit, which is a super uh, exciting topic. Something, and it's a word we haven't used in this conversation yet, or a phrase we haven't used in this conversation yet, which is mind body medicine. Yeah. Share with me. Yeah. Um, how do we, what is mind body medicine? Who practices mind body medicine? How does that get delivered to our, our in, you know, in New York, we call them our patients. In, in the rest of the world, we should probably call them our healthcare partners. How do we deliver yeah. that? How does that get delivered to patients? How do we communicate tenets of well, mind body medicine? Well, I can tell you how I do it. You know, I, I mean, other people Please. do it differently, but but the mind-body um, medicine, you know, basically it's saying that our mind is really affecting our body, right? Um, but when you go further um, into mind-body medicine, it's really talking about how we can trigger that relaxation response in our body um, because we're all on this hyper, hyper stress type of, um, uh, all the chemicals are coming out, they're creating stress response in our body. And we are trying to find ways to bring ourselves into that relaxation mode. Now, mind-body therapies are a way to help help you um, but again it only works if you're doing habit and practice it in a regular basis to to bring back or reset and, and trigger that relaxation response quicker and so when you're in chaotic um, situations when you're feeling more stressed out you can actually bring yourself back quickly and so mind body modalities are things like meditation yoga mindfulness you know um, hypnosis there is um, uh, what is it guided imagery there is PMR there is a whole, like, a whole bunch of stuff let's put it this way autogenic there is tapping there's a whole bunch of different mind body modalities out there so what I do with my um, my, my um, health partners is I, 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 I go back to that spiritual wellness again. And why I do this is because if I've had people where I recommend something like yoga and they are like, well, no, I really like moving um, in, a, in, in, in a way that's not, I don't know, like flexible or something, but they tell me I want something that's more effortless, for example. And I'm like, well, yoga is pretty effortless, right? Because I think yoga is effortless, but then I don't realize I'm putting my Probably, beliefs on just, them. Just to be clear, right? not just to be clear. Yeah, it's definitely effortless for some people, but I'm a, like, I'm an old right. guy, so it's not effortless for me. <laughs> right. And, and, and how would I know that if I don't, if, you know, I, like, I, if you don't ask, if I say, I'll give you yoga, like, I, I found the one of the biggest mistakes, and I've done this too, because I had to practice, like, doing this thing, is that I no longer say, do this, 
I first find out what is it that I really listen for what their needs are and what is it that really um, they enjoy doing. So like I've had a person say to me, I love music. And, you know, and so for my well-being, I put on music and I go, do you know there's something called music therapy? And they're like, no. So those are the ways I kind of look at it and saying, well, this is what's in line with their beliefs. This is what they love to do. This is what is important for them. Um, when they're upset, they like to turn to this. And everybody, by the way, is the expert in their own health somewhere. They know what they need. Is they just need people to help guide them. And I think that as us as physicians or healthcare providers, we can do by guiding them, not just telling them do this, but you really got to know who they are. So the different mind-body therapies, before we pick one, um, I would definitely recommend trying to think about what it is that that gives you meaning so that when you can even bring that up with your health provider say well you know I, i've tried yoga like you said it's not effortless for me but something like tai chi is i don't know like there's something that we can think about where we say and you talk to them discuss this but then again you would have to be knowing what the different mind body therapies are and also what the beliefs of your patients are <laughs> i you you made me think of now a problem yeah and okay. so i want to talk about the problem that's almost like talking about you know major like it's a major very common disease and um my guess is that we um are seeing a massively uh increased amount of this particular problem during the COVID-19 pandemic and everybody out there can guess what the answer is going to be and it's the big A anxiety so what are we doing um as coaches as a coach as a teacher as an educator as a as a health partner yeah take me take me through that dr attack so i mean uh, you know i was just literally talking to um someone recently um about their anxiety and one of the things i did was you know we don't realize the power of silence and i'm going to say this and i don't mean silence like in meditation or anything i mean silence um when we are talking to our health partners because i sat there and i listened to some of the things and all i said to them was you know how would you talk to your friend in this situation right and they're like well what do you mean i'm like well you're telling me things like like you know right now you're feeling really anxious um that because you saw someone that triggered that particularly an ex um boyfriend or whatever and i said well how and you started thinking about yourself and what happened in your mind and she's like well i started telling myself that you know i can't believe i'm not happy i can't believe they're happy all these kind of things that was going on right and i said okay well what would you tell your friend um in in that would you tell them um, what you just told yourself and you know this is something that that you know it's written in many different like you know self help books and things but sometimes they don't actually use it like like how would you speak to a dear person that you love when they're in trauma well speak to yourself that way right and in anxiety sometimes if you're really panicky then i actually recommend to bring yourself down before you can even ask yourself those questions is breath work you know like 478 breath just to kind of calm yourself but now that's a Dr Andrew Weil um breath technique it's a 478 breath i mean you can google it it's all over the place on the internet so you could easily do that but just to kind of calm your nerves down you know i recommend making sure you're eating healthy you know our gut and our brain um are connected when it comes to mental health so the foods we eat really affect what's called our microbiome and those triggerings of um of, from the microbiome to our brain and the mental health is all part of that as well so making sure you're eating really healthy foods helps with decreasing anxiety the more sugar you have the more you're going to change that microbiome and the more signaling is going to be off you know things like um uh exercise also really helps you know one of the biggest thing and i think this is a big problem that we forget to do is we should write prescriptions for exercise and i mean i do that i said we actually have an exercise physiology team in our clinic who literally will sit down and, and, and work with our our um our clients but basically one of the things is is looking at how can we 
do everything because it's not anxiety is not just based on one thing it's not just mental health it's the full aspects the body the mind and the spirit and the needs of all of those so you have to nourish all aspects to have optimal health right that makes absolute sense and it's amazing to me how often uh that message uh, fails to be communicated Uh, it seems to me to um, be fairly inherent uh, and obvious but i think sometimes that it takes the knowledge and education of someone like yourself who is uh, a health coach who's involved in doing these things on a daily basis who understands the implications of some of those how would you say not necessarily lifestyle changes but what comes before a lifestyle change is the is the is the need to change that lifestyle or the need to change your belief system and discover what is your spiritual need yeah well you know the thing is it's it's, it's it really i mean this is just getting into a question is it really changing our belief system or is it just that we already all know this if you think about it you talk to any of your um health partners or patients they will tell you they know i'm supposed to eat healthy i know i'm supposed to be exercised but it's the lack of inspiration and motivation and i think that's where us as um you know providing help for them is to guide them through um their own expertise, which is within them, and that's where coaching is very powerful, right? Is helping them to see and be inspired from themselves because the truth is we're not gonna be motivated if someone tells us to do something. So so it's about them not even just changing their belief, it's about them seeing that they can do this and that they don't they just need that guidance and um, to hold their not even hold their hand, that they're able to do it themselves. And and I think that's where coaching is really powerful in our as as us. And I think we've been so used to trained as um, being directive, do this, do that, here's your prescription, get exercise five to ten minutes a day, whatever, sorry. Oh, 120 minutes a day, <laughs> not five to 10 minutes, but you know, 10 minutes of hit maybe, right? But basically doing that. <laughs> don't ask, me to, don't you know? ask me to do 10 minutes of hit on the Peloton because it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So, so it's like, you know, doing some things like that. But the truth is, is this is where, again, I'm going to go back to that spiritual belief. You know, some people, like I do Tai Chi. So I'm a Tai Chi, um, I'm doing a level one, I'm a level one instructor and I'm hopefully getting my level two in, in the next few months, hopefully. But basically um, doing the Tai Chi for me was, it really aligned with my values. For example, I believe in doing something that has that the most, uh, sorry, least effort, most power, right? So with Tai Chi, that's how I see it. And it, it aligned with my value for that too. Like even my meditation, same thing, least effort, most power. And so those were the things that aligned with me. So same thing, like now I do Tai Chi and I love it. And I and it doesn't feel like I'm doing something so like, oh my God, I'm exercising. So if I, someone told me to go out there and run 5Ks, which I've tried, um, you know, um, I don't enjoy it as much, right? So I think I, it's trying to find, even with your exercise um, things that are going to align with that person. But we, as um, health providers, health physicians, can help you guide that way by by really making sure that what you do is in line with what you would let that your 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 exercise, your nutrition, all that stuff. So for you know to take home point for yourself is ask yourself that like you know what go back to those core values of yourself go back to what gives you meaning you know is it you know do you like to be creative do you like um relationships or connections maybe a you know being on a in a exercise class is more imp- um, helpful for you because you enjoy the relationships while exercising now that's all important right and that's where that spiritual belief and health can help you to really be able to zone in on your health particularly So I want to pick that up in a second. Just want to remind everybody we're here on Women's Health Weekly with Dr. Simran Rattan from Ontario, who uh, is um, trained in family medicine. She's an MD. 
um, who also did advanced training with uh, Dr. Andrew Weil in integrative medicine and is an expert in spirituality and wellness and integrative medicine and mind body, body medicine and coaching. So I want to pick that up. I want to pick up this topic that you were sort of hinting at, which is a little bit of a, that there may potentially be a disconnect um, yeah. between a lot of what doctors give their patients uh, with regard to advice and treatment and what they really need with regard to not just, you know, clearly we're going to prescribe medications and we're going to do surgery. We're going to get them into the types of treatments yeah. and therapies they need to treat some very specific things. But this is, this conversation is bigger than that. This conversation yeah. is not only how to feel better and live your life better, but it's about how to feel better and live your life well without yeah. getting sick in the first place. It's all about prevention. Prevention. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I think I, what I'd like to do is address that disconnect. Um, and maybe uh, as we come toward the end of our conversation in a, in a little while, have a little bit of a talk about where do people find such experts? So let's talk like, about the disconnect. We can talk about where people find such experts. So the disconnect between um, uh, prevention, medicine, and um, what we're doing, basically. Yeah, exactly. Because 95, <laughs> yeah. so, so far as I understand, 95% of medicine is not preventive medicine. It's not. And, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, and so, you know, I think um, uh, particularly, you know, I'm a big advocate for our health professionals because I don't think it's our fault in that sense, really. Because what's happened is, is that, you know, we've had, you know, our, we're all doing a real, like, and I was, I used to do that. So I get it, right? Um, I, I would go out there and give my prescription, you know, go out. But something inside of me knew that there was more and I didn't know where to search and look. And I think what's happened with the disconnect is that we think we're doing a lot of reflexive medicine where we see a disease and we treat it with the medication. I'm not saying that medication isn't good because I still use unconventional physician. I still use medicines, right? And I think it's important, but we also need to know that there's other therapies out there that can help prevent someone's health, specifically lifestyle changes, right? Um, and, and being able to really hone in on um, the nutrition, the exercise and all that. But the problem that we're having as physicians in general is that there's not enough time in our in our practices to do that, or we're burnt out, or I don't like to use the word burnt out, but we're actually been pretty, you know, um, you know, I don't know, moral injury a little bit, right? So, so there's a whole bunch of different ways of looking at it. So, I think the disconnect is that sometimes we think that prevention is we become like a bit on autopilot, um, where we are used to now. This is the way we were trained in medical school, and I think the way we need to kind of move forward, if it's something, is start bringing it into our medical schools, where we're teaching um, our our medical students um, how to really now address, because I didn't learn nutrition, I don't know about you, but I didn't learn any nutrition in my medical school. I didn't learn any nutrition in my um, residency. All I learned was the diabetes code and then even, I mean, sorry, nutrition part. And when I learned that too, there's a lot of faults with that too now, right? So so unfortunately, that's a huge part that we're not being trained in that way. So we're, when you're used to being trained in a certain way, that's how we're going to do it. And prevention is not just screening for diseases. So things like, you know, we do mammograms, we do pap smears, those are still not truly preventive measures, right? Because we're screening for a disease. We're not actually preventing that disease from happening. Sure, uh, in, you know, in, yeah. you're right. And in many ways, um, there's a real biological connect to what you're saying um, in yeah. each of those areas. And we could just use those as an example. 
Uh, I'm, you know, yeah. I think people viewing this broadcast know I'm a gynecologist, so I have a very clear understanding of a lot of these areas. And it's yeah, a, there, yeah. there's really there's a really good basis for yeah sure we're screening for when we do a Pap smear for example we're screening for um, cervical cancer um, yeah which is caused by human papillomavirus which we yeah. know that in people who are healthier that in yeah. people who have better immune systems that people who yeah. are not immunosuppressed by things like anxiety. Um, yeah. are less likely, even if they do get HPV, to develop cervical cancer. So, right. so the prevention it's isn't that... doing the test to look for that cervical cancer. The prevention right. is creating an environment for our patients in which they have a better system to help themselves improve their own immune system, which all goes back to the original part of the conversation that we had today, which is developing that's spirituality for themselves. Yeah. yeah. And That's, also, and also looking at like, connection. what a great connection. I love the full circle yeah. on that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. But, I wouldn't have even, I couldn't have scripted that. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I mean, prevention in the end is really looking at all the aspects and, and helping to make sure you keep inflammation down in your body in a lot of ways. Right. I mean, we know that's one of the risk factors for most diseases and, and uh, nutrition, and exercise can decrease um, the majority of getting chronic diseases as well as like 30% of cancers, right? So it's, it's, it's exactly a whole body approach. So we've, we've now brought this conversation full circle into very practical terms. Um, we talked about how we define spirituality. We discussed what that means in practical terms about behavior and interactions with your health partners or your physician. Um, we talked about how it relates to anxiety. We kind of ended here about how it relates to disease prevention, health promotion, uh, longevity, wellness. Um, do you have any, any additional practical tips or any other um, perfectly well-fitting topics into what we, into sort of what we've discussed at exam? This, this was great. This was, this was <laughs> awesome. And I'm so glad we covered all of this in this week's meeting. Do you have anything to add? Uh, to what we've already discussed, Dr. Rattan? Well, you know, I think I think the last thing I would really say is that you, like everybody out there, um, has this innate nature to want to discover themselves. And so take that um, into account and look at what creative ways you can do to do that for yourself. And I think that's one of my biggest things, because when you learn to do that for yourself, then you're going to really want to um, enjoy your life in a way that maybe it's more deeply rooted. It's not just the superficial ways of trying to get external happiness. There's something more deeper within that can help you to move forward in your life. And even in chaos, we're still going to have emotions that don't feel good, but something deep inside keeps you anchored. And that's that deep understanding and clarity of meaning and purpose for you in your life so exploring that is probably my end i try to do that basically right so so with that you've been great um our youtube audience is great um we've been incredibly lucky to have dr simran matan on women's health weekly for a very insightful very educated very science-based conversation about spirituality um, and wellness, and mind-body medicine, and preventive medicine, and I truly, truly, truly appreciate your time. I am uh, so happy you joined us. Once again, Women's Health Weekly brought to you by the experts and their guests um, 
from Maiden Lane Medical broadcast here from New York City. And I wish everyone a very happy Friday, a safe Friday, a safe weekend, and, uh, and wellness and uh, good feelings in the future. Um, you can please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, you can catch us on uh, youtube.com slash maidenlanemedical. Uh, we look forward to hearing all of you. Almost all of this content will be available as a full broadcast, but also we'll clip it up so that um, everyone can get little snippets of the important stuff. Once again, Dr. Tan, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah.